I've heard this advice before. I know who I am. I should try going. It's fine to indulge yourself. It's been a long time. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Mathematical Dive. Our guest on this episode is Colleen Richter, an academic and co-advisor in the math faculty. Throughout this episode, we had a chance to talk to her about her experience with advising students. We learned more about her degree, her field of study when she was in university and her university experiences. Through her responses, she gave us some great advice for students taking courses or confused about themselves really like what do they want to do what are their academic path and possibly some advice on how to figure yourself out because let's be honest nobody knows ourselves during university it's a time for discovery whether it's your academic journey or your personal journey we also had a chance to talk to Colina about her experience working with student groups including mathematics society or matsoc and just learn about her in general. Like, we didn't know that she had a potential sport career, not really sport career, but she did do curling for a while. And now she curls with a bunch of math professors. Yeah, well, you want to know more? Stay tuned and listen to the remainder of the episode. Let's dive on in. Welcome, everyone, to our nth episode of The Mathematical Dive, a podcast about all the great things about math at the University of Waterloo. I am one of your hosts, Josue Kirk, and I'm joined by my co-host, who I'll now let, herself, uh, let her introduce herself. Hi, everybody. My name is Yi-Chen Wang, but people have been referring to me as Ina. Either one works for me, and I am the co-host for The Mathematical Dive. Today, we have a special guest. Well, all of our guests are special. <laughs> we, our guest today is Colleen Richter, a math advisor working for the MEO and among other things, I'll let her introduce herself. But before we do, we have the honor of Colleen reading the land acknowledgement for our podcast this week. Thanks guys. Uh, I'm really happy to be here. Um, so I acknowledge that as a University of Waterloo student advisor that I live and work on the traditional territory of the neutral Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. I am situated on the Haldeman Tract, the land granted to the Six Nations, which includes six miles on either side of the Grand River. My ability to work and live here is a direct benefit of the unethical policies during the time of settlement and beyond. The harm from these policies are felt by Indigenous communities today. In my work as an advisor, it is my responsibility to acknowledge my privilege and to actively engage in knowing our histories, unpacking our truths, unpacking histories as to what we were told. I must also practice active listening, participate in educational seminars, and commit to advocate for students who are impacted by the policies still experienced by many young people today. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a lovely land acknowledgement. So Colleen, like I mentioned, you were a math advisor, but you do so much more than that. Could you tell the audience, our listeners, your job title or titles? Yeah, sure. Thanks for, thanks for asking. So I am an academic advisor with the math undergrad office. So in that, I advise first year undeclared students, math study students, and I'm also a co-op advisor. 
Um, as part of my role right now, I also uh, work with uh, MassLock, which is uh, the largest student group in the Faculty of Math, and I really enjoy my time doing that. That's a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, and I seem to get involved in lots of other projects, which I also love. Um, I'm working really actively with the Tutoring Centre. Um, so I'm super excited that um, Jordan Hamilton and I were able to pitch bringing the Tutoring Centre online for Winter 2021. And uh, so we did that Winter 2021 and we're doing it going forward. So we did it, we're doing it this term, spring as well, and we're doing it again in the fall. And we just continue to grow. So that's, that's something I'm really proud of and I'm really excited about that I think is so important for students to be able to have that connection piece that we always did in person, but we didn't transition really well online initially um, when the pandemic hit. Yeah, a lot of really good projects in there. And I will note also that Colleen's like a really great advisor. Uh, we actually picked out a time to do this recording and she was a little bit late, which is totally okay because she was helping a student. So, you know, she's all about helping us, which we're forever thankful for. <laughs> yeah, and oh, I can't speak pretend like I've asked Colleen to help advise me in my academic choices and behaviors. And she's been really helpful. She's been giving me great advices on those. But like, unlike for most of our um, guests has been mathematicians, so math students, math profs, um, you, you yourself are not a mathematician, right? Like, I am, I'm not even close to being a mathematician. Uh, I think uh, for many years, I really didn't, um, I shouldn't probably say this out loud, but I didn't really like math as a subject <gasps> earlier on. It's fine. Probably until I hit university. So I did sociology as a degree and I love statistics. Like once I, um, I took my stats courses in university, I really, really enjoyed them. And I developed a totally different relationship um, with numbers uh, through that. Um, and I sort of landed here in, in an odd space. So I, I have a, a degree in sociology. Um, my first job at a university was actually in sales. So I have a, a very strong sales and marketing background in the private sector that I did long before I ever came to university. I think it's one of the things that partially makes me a good advisor as well, because I worked for a period of time in the private sector. Um, and I have a, a, a good understanding of what that sort of looks like. Uh, I also changed my major a number of times in university. Uh, also makes me a great advisor because I'm, I'm all about, you know, finding the right path and pivoting. Um, and then I really landed at, I, I worked, um, I worked after my career in manufacturing um, and where I did sales and marketing. Um, I, uh, I, I sort of did a pivot and I worked for um, a company that brought young people to Canada to learn conversational English. Um, and prior to sort of being a teenager and, and in university, I'd always worked um, doing summer camps and many different things where I was really helping people. Um, and I worked for the YMCA for years, all throughout high school and all throughout university. And so this was sort of a uh, and a re-entry back to that stage where I was helping people and really connecting people. And I really enjoyed this job um, where I, again, worked with students, um, international students who were coming over from high school. Um, so they either lived in Canada for the duration of the high school year or they, um, um, or they would be here for the summertime. And that led to me coming to work at the university. 
And at the university, I worked in, this is my third faculty. So I started off in the Faculty of Engineering. I've also worked in the Faculty of Arts and now Faculty of Math. I love the Faculty of Math. I really <laughs> love the students. Um, Great it's, answer. It's a, no, I do. It's, it's, a, it's a really awesome, awesome place to be. Um, one of the things that I really, really like about the students um, is they're very passionate about what they do and they're a really fun like group of students are very engaged in their studies, um, but they're also very engaged, especially the MassLock crew, which you guys both know, uh, are so <laughs> engaged in the community too, which is really exciting um, and to really better that. And I think um, one of the things that I think that's great about me uh, uh, in terms of what I can bring to, to the role and my, many of my colleagues too bring, we all bring different things, but having worked in other faculties, I also know that you know where you are is not always the best place for you. So what you decided at 17 when you were in grade 12 um, is what you thought you might like to do for the next four years and beyond of, um, of your life may not be, once you arrive at university, may not be where you wanna be. And so I think having worked in other places, I know about other opportunities. And though um, students often change within math to different programs, sometimes they need to change to different faculties too. So having worked in different areas, um, it, it is also helpful for, for me to, to help advise students and open those doors up that they sometimes don't see as being open for them. Wow, I didn't know you had such a rich, diverse background. That's that's amazing. You know, <laughs> the real reason we brought you on here is we just want to learn more about you, Colleen. You're just so wonderful. And like you say, like, I think that gives you a really nice perspective for advising too. You know, you have all of these different jobs you've done. You've worked in all these different areas and that can really be beneficial when students are coming to you with all different kinds of problems. So, you know what, that's awesome. And I think we can probably zone in now a bit on the advising side of this. So awesome. what is advising like and do you enjoy it? <laughs> uh, I love advising. So um, yeah, so advising is really helping students to, to listen to what's going on, what they're looking for, helping them understand university policy practices, but also helping them to piece together what, what they want their academic journey to look like and help them to find success. So I think that um, for me, um, my philosophy or my academic philosophy, and you'll hear a lot of academic advisors talk about sort of their philosophy. My, my philosophy is really to be a support for students for them to find success uh, in their time at university um, and to really find you know, what, they, what they love. Not every student um, you know, is gonna love every aspect of their university career, um, but there are pieces that you can pull out or sort of tease out and it's being able to identify some of those opportunities for students and help them to expand that. So whether that looks like putting together um, like a joint major or even a double major or piecing together some minors and helping students really sort of brand themselves, like finding their sort of unique parcel of what they wanna to piece together and where they think they might like to, to, uh, to be someday. Um, I think that that is, uh, that is very much for me what advising looks like. Um, when I'm meeting with students. And um, as Yuchin said uh, earlier on, you know, like certainly there's always, we sometimes present so many different options. It's like being at an all-you-can-eat buffet and it's really up to students what they want to pick and what they want to take and where they want to go with that. So, you know, whether they really like 
um, you know, they really love the salad bar and they really want to hang out there or if they want to try different things and piece that together, that opportunity is there. And so that's our that's our role is to 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 do that and to also connect you with other services. Um, obviously, um, there are things that, that we can't predict in our lives. Um, very little can we predict, but things come up that that you aren't prepared for, or things that you experience or you weren't anticipating, um, and we can help connect you with other services or um, help you navigate the system um, to best support you. As a and hey, go to the salad bar also. I'm a big salad person. I love it. You know, got to get a little bit of the greens in every single day. So make sure you get a nice variety of options. Uh <laughs> That's right. Not, not too much time at the dessert bar. Yeah, you know, save that great, for. But you, mm -hmm. you can't, you can't make your whole meal the desserts. <laughs> but you also want to make sure you're getting your money's worth in a buffet because let's be honest, like there's there's a whole there's a YouTube video on like the food theory channel, just like how to beat the buffets, and it's like making making sure you try to avoid carbs, the food, mm. the filling type of things, and go for the really expensive meals that you should, the meals that are usually expensive when you're ordering off a menu yeah I feel like it's really funny that you both say that because you're both doing multiple programs so I feel like you're both like at the buffet getting it all in you're getting your <laughs> money's worth so uh, in terms of your degree so it's interesting that you bring that up as as a as a point <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've kind of got a little vacuum at the buffet. I'm kind of trying to take as much as I can. <laughs> There's so many um, options. You gotta, you gotta have a bite in everything. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it makes it hard to choose sometimes also. Like uh, when you're given so many options, it can be really difficult to pick out just one thing. You know, we have like a thousand different math majors that people, people can pick. You can combine them in different ways. You know, part of the math I study is about counting stuff. And I don't even know how to count all of that, but... Uh, you know, it's just very difficult sometimes. What, what do you think some like common issues are that students face then? Like typical advising appointment where a student comes in and they say, I need help with blank. Picking a major is really challenging for, for many students. And I think one of the biggest challenges is, is you come, like I talked about it before, you come from high school and you have this idea of what you think you might like to major in and maybe you arrive and that's your worst course. And how do you sort of navigate that? And how do you pivot? So that's a big, uh, big question. Courses, um, students, you know, looking to know what courses that they should take to try out different majors. Um, I think sometimes, again, uh, there's a lot of conversations around pivoting. Um, again, students who are somewhere and they're further along and they say, but now I think I might want to switch, but I'm so far along. Is that, is that a good decision to make? So that's something that we talk to students quite a lot about. Students who are struggling, we do outreach advising. So every term we, um, we do midterm outreach advising and end of term outreach advising. So we identify students that are struggling um, and we talk to them about their different options and some of the supports that are available uh, and make sure that we're just touching base with students who are, who are struggling in their studies too. So that would be, that would be sort of the, 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 the edited list of sort of the top I, that I can think of off the top of my head. And uh, yeah, a lot of great things you mentioned there. And one thing that kind of stands out to me also is just people that are struggling because I, I feel like a lot of people have this expectation that Waterloo is this cutthroat lawless town where all of the math people are going behind each other's backs, trying to get ahead and be the very, very best. But it's really not like that at all. 
like I find everyone's very supportive. I find the faculty is always very supportive, you know? So I think it's really important to just highlight that as well. <laughs> yeah, we, help, we, 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 we understand each other's struggle. Like some people might be better or has strength in one area of math and other people might have strength in the other. And so we try to help each other out and, and if, if, with our strength and then and, and seek help for our weaknesses. Yeah, it is, it is really interesting. I do see a lot of support student to student. I think sometimes there's a lot of students who are really scared to come to an academic advisor um, because we're often seen as, as someone who, um, it, you know, it's a very different experience than being in high school where we're not here to reprimand you. Like you're never going to hear from us. Wow, that was really, you know, bad. What are you going to do? Like, it's never going to be an experience where um, you should never leave an academic advising session feeling poorly about yourself. Like it really is about how do we move forward? What are you looking for? And, and you drive it as a student. Like really the, the, the session should really come when we meet with students from what a student is looking for. I find with outreach appointments that students are often really nervous um, simply because they think that that's what it's going to be like. And then at the end, it's always like, oh, this is so much better. I wish I would have, I wish I would have responded to your first email because <laughs> you just, you know, we didn't know what this was going to look like. And um, we're just, you know, my job and, and my colleague's job is here to support students and to help you find success. Like that is our, our number one goal is to help students find success in, in an area that they measure as success. So, um, and that looks different for everybody. Yeah, and I mean, look at how nice Colleen is already. Don't you wanna go and ask her for advice already? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to my calendar blowing up now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone's gonna get a lot of emails after this. <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. it gets so popular that like the other advisors like, oh, everybody, like people are just lining up for you. And then like, I don't, I well, I don't know if it's really a line given when this episode is gonna be released and the state of the world but but just like some people just get so popular as an advisor there's a huge line that that goes over their time and then some people just like and on some days that there's nobody there lining up yeah it is i mean right now our, our plan for uh, for right now while we have so many students remotely is to continue doing um to doing online advising. I'm not sure if that will continue. Like that might be something that we do for a period of time. Like that might be something that we continually do as well as in-person advising. I'm really looking forward to seeing both you guys in the halls and everybody else. Like I miss seeing students and connecting and like just sort of those organic run-ins. Like I love, you know, I love when I have a student that I've connected with and I see them at CND. Um, you know, when I'm grabbing my carrots and celery sticks and not the big delicious donut that I'd really like to have, <laughs> but because uh, I too should be healthy. But um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. But I'm hoping that we can really adapt a model that works for students. I think we've seen many things that, that work out of um, virtual advising. It's very comfortable for a student to be in their own space. Um, and again, that removes a barrier. So for some students that might work. So I'm hoping that we really, we've learned a lot through the pandemic and that we continue to learn and we can evolve that into our advising practices too. Yeah, beyond ideas, beyond advising. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing I 
really am curious about, because uh, you've mentioned this actually a few times for like the advising piece is you, you've mentioned that, you know, a lot of students come in and maybe the thing they thought they were going to do just didn't work out. You know, at 17, I didn't really know what I was into. And I remember when my dad dropped me off at university, he walked up to me, put his hand on my, my shoulder. Oh, such a said, dad move. It's like, it, I it was really dad move. Yeah. Now. We had just unloaded <laughs> the car. My parents were about to leave me forever and I never saw him again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he came and he said to me that, you know, university is the time where you're going to change the most and you should just embrace the change. And I remember thinking like, yeah, right, dad, whatever. You know, I've heard this advice before. I know who I am, but it's not the case. I changed a lot. And like, what would you say to a student that maybe comes then and says, you know, I applied when I was 17. I really wanted to do applied math or something. They find out that they don't really like it. Now the world is kind of turned upside down. What would you say to someone like that? Are we role-playing now? You yeah, didn't yeah. tell yeah, me we'd be role-playing. Role gotcha. Here, let me get into my persona. <laughs> that's right. I was like, oh my goodness. I didn't think we'd be role-playing. Um, so uh, <laughs> I think that um, I'm going to speak more broadly about it. But, uh, you know, I'd always talk to a student and find out what they like best, what they're really enjoying. Like, so I do a bit of a deep dive. Um, I take a look at the academic record. You know, we, we tend to do best in the courses that we love the most sometimes too. Um, so that's always a good sort of starting point to have that conversation. Um, to, to ask about what you liked initially best about what did you think applied math was going to be and where are the gaps for you um, to see, you know, what is, what was it that you were looking for? Because oftentimes what students are looking for is not what the program's about. And it's what's another program's about that's a really great fit. So, and if we can connect students that way, um, if it's a student who's further along in their studies, you know, certainly doing uh, um, applied math as a minor is an option or even a, a joint or um, typically I wouldn't suggest a double major if you really didn't like it. Um, and I probably wouldn't suggest a joint uh, either, but depends how far along a student is. Um, but we would look at all those different options. I would suggest that they take some other courses um, in the other area that I might be recommending. Um, it depends, again, too, on what your sort of goal is after university. It's funny, so many students that I often talk to and their goal afterwards is so disjointed from where they're at in university because they don't like what they're doing in university. And um, it's interesting because even though they're, they are separate to a certain extent, they are also, there is also a pathway there. Um, and so we want to just make sure that you've got the tools to reach that end goal and that pathway. So what does that look like for this particular student and, um, and really sort of asking some of those questions. Um, students who've been advised by me will often joke that I often give them homework, uh, <laughs> places that I want them to connect or things that I want them to do. I can attest um, to that. <laughs> <laughs> conversations I want them to have with their support network. So, um, you know, as much as, as, um, as your adults, when you come to university, I mean, just way you just talked about your dad, like having his hand on his shoulder and that sort of transition. Well, your parents don't stop talking to you when you start university. And, and, and I would love to say that they stop parenting you fully. <laughs> um, but as a parent now, I know that's never going to happen. And I still feel like I get that from my own parents too. So I don't know that it ever really occurs. So I think that, that those people play such a big factor in your decision-making 
Um, and sometimes students don't know how to have that conversation because again, they established this plan with their parents and now that plan is changing. So uh, again, providing some support there. Again, the homework might be that they need to go back and, and have that conversation. And sometimes that's very difficult for students. So there's lots of different pieces that we help students sort of navigate through. Round of applause, everyone, for Colleen, for role-playing for this. Uh, <laughs> one thing I, I will also thank you for is for taking the deep dive through applied math and the plans here. One might even call it a mathematical dive, even. Ah, <laughs> nice. I want to see what I did part. there. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> How do I phrase this? Like in high school, it's sort of like for clubs, you have that faculty supervisor to make sure that things go out, things are in order. Well, you're not like the faculty supervisor. You're more like a colleague with the student leaders. And so what, so as a colleague along, among students, what's your take on student leadership or student volunteer group and your, and your perspective into it? Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I mean, it makes sure some sense. I, I'm so I think of myself as being a resource like for, for MASOC, um, you know, that I'm really a bit of an observer, a connection piece to let people know that, you know, things are, things are, if there's topics that are coming up that we need to sort of prepare for that on the faculty side and to connect students to the right person to talk to. Um, what's my perspective of it? Uh, we have like such a dedicated group of engaged students that really, um, really care about their fellow students, their experience about the university, about the programs, about the integrity. Um, it's really, it's really fantastic to be, to be lucky enough to be able to attend some of these meetings. Um, and it's really fantastic to see all the different perspectives uh, come together as well. Um, though, uh, though at times I wish we had more volunteers, like that's always a challenge. I think sometimes, especially right now when, when so many things are virtual, it can be a, a barrier, an obstacle for a new student to get involved. But I'm always excited when I see new students get involved um, and to hear their voices at the MASOC meeting. And, you know, sometimes there's things that I think maybe I should be saying as, as a bit of a mentor, but then someone on MASOC says it. Like, uh, it's always great because there's all these different perspectives and we've got this great group of adults who are so uh, engaged and invested in the process. Um, that it's that it, it's a real it's a real pleasure to be uh, to be at the meetings and to have an understanding of you know some of the things that are happening um, with the student body. And hey, future Matthews that are all listening to this, you know, we've got spots open to volunteer. You know, <laughs> Colleen just mentioned that we like it when people get involved. Yeah, so shameless plug for MathSoc, you know, this this podcast is brought to you in part by the Mathematics Society at the University of Waterloo. <laughs> we don't really actually, have any sponsors, given that this is a project under the Math Ambassadors, but we always like to make gags or make fun of like, what if we got sponsored by blank? What would that <laughs> sponsorship be like? You'd be like, you could maybe go big time and be on a, a bigger uh, podcast channel. I don't want to drop any brand names because that might be a problem. But, <laughs> we we dropped know, Diet what, Coke like, like so many times. We dropped Coca-Cola <laughs> like so many times during our Dave Tompkins episodes. So oh, it's totally fine. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was the first thing we asked him about, actually. <laughs>
<laughs> he has the coolest office like uh that was that's that i would say that that there is some that would be the one thing i'd say to students too you should go to office hours just to check out your profs offices to see all their interests because mm -hmm. they've collected all these neat things and it's a really great opportunity you should go to office hours for other reasons too but it's also <laughs> to get help and, and and all those important reasons but it's also good to just connect and see that your professor is just a, a, a regular human like you that started somewhere uh, as a master and probably has a lot of similar interests that you have, whether that be Coca-Cola, Marvel, like what, whatever it might be. Uh, there's lots of some really fantastic um, people in math that have all these great offices and, and great things in them for, for students. And, and they have them in there because they want you to see them. So make sure you go to visit them. Yeah, they're all very nice. And uh, yeah. I'm like, I'm thinking of offices now. I know Lori Case likes to put chocolates outside oh, of her wow. office. Oh, yeah. She has like a little bowl of chocolates. She does. Yeah, she always has chocolates. So which is awesome. And yeah, and Dave Tompkins office is pretty cool. Um, and there's lots of great I'm trying to think who else has. Uh, there's some really great offices and, and some really great artwork in some of the offices. The Dean of Maths office has some really great Indigenous art. So I would, uh, you know, make sure you check that out when you're on campus. And um, yeah, Just there's some really a, great things. A group of students reading the, dean of, <laughs> the, the Dean's office. Like we, we, we're here to, we're here to investigate every single office and make judgment upon it. You should do a scavenger hunt as one of your podcasts. Well, That'd be kind of fun. Would the Dean's office be? Oh, oh, yeah, we should. We should just love that talk idea, about Colleen. different points and then make a whole scavenger yeah. and at the end and say, like, based on all these episodes, like, this place, places, find these items. But, like, would the Dean's office even allow? Like, it's locked half the time. Like, it's locked after five. It is, it is locked when after sort of normal business hours, but you know, like it's open other hours and you could always peer through the window, you know, for a scavenger hunt, <laughs> you just need to take a picture of what you found to mm -hmm. prove that you found it. So you could, you could just peer through the window, but, uh, but uh, yeah, that would be really cool. All the different things that people touch, touch on, uh, on the, um, on your podcast, you could do a scavenger hunt. It'd be really fun. Yeah, I'm making a list now, actually. Another office I really want to visit is Eddie Dupont's. I don't oh, know if you've ever been to his. That's but, a great office. I've been there yeah. a few times. He yeah. is, I, I, I've really gotten to know Eddie um, over becoming a co-op advisor and uh, and he's really fantastic to work alongside. And so those of you who've had Eddie as a prof, um, he is just he's just a wonderful advisor and a, and a great prof, as many of our profs are, but um, he would have a really cool office too. He's a, he he's a big it. bedazzler, that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I'm picturing him for like orientation week. He wears a pink suit, I think, that's like yeah. a bright, glittery pink, kind of like a disco ball. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it is amazing. Yeah. You should see the clothes he wear like during, like during virtual office hours because I had a virtual office hour with him about regarding co-op. And then he was wearing like this fancy, uh, like multi-colored and uh, not the tux but business suit and then and then they were just like it was a way for like his explanation was that it was a way for him for for him to tell his kids like oh just because daddy's at home all the time daddy like this is daddy's workout list. like daddy's at work and he did that with a really fun suit i'm sure that yeah, worked very like, well for like, his kids i was like telling him, do you like i you seem to be wearing like i've seen you wear like 
you seem to be wearing a fancier clothes than when I've seen you in person. It's like, yeah, it's because like I need to distinguish like different times for my children. <laughs> hey, whatever works, you know. Another fun one that's kind of like that too is I don't know if you remember Gregor Richards oh, when we were on campus. Yeah. He has amazing outfits. Like yeah, I don't know how much this man has spent on his wardrobe, but it's impressive and. He even has a website where you can vote for the hat that he's going to wear the next day. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. All of this and more if you come to Waterloo. <laughs> yeah. On the topic, well, like, driving us back to, like, student volunteer involvement, like, like you mentioned, it's currently hard to look for student engagement or involvement when everything is still online or when things were are online, were online. And, but if there are students who like, who likes to do in, like community work or um, school leadership, student leadership, like what advice do you have for them to get involved or to generally like while they're doing it? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because I've often had this conversation with some of my colleagues um, that different things, different different things drive different people. So for a lot of student leaders or students, especially students in high school who were involved in clubs, sports, any of those types of things, sometimes those were a really bright spot in their day. And, and a lot of students hit university and don't think that's possible for them. And so I often, like when I'm talking to students, I often find out sort of what their interests are and try and connect them with different things. You don't have to start really big. So you can start, so my advice for students is to start small in first year, but if you're someone who likes to do or likes to be involved and were involved in high school, continue that in university. You're going to make lifelong friends. It's a networking opportunity. It's a lot of fun. It can be a bright spot in your day, just like it was in high school. So when you're not having a great day, your courses aren't going as you'd hoped, you've got this other thing that drives you that, that really provides you with balance in your day, but also as a motivator for you to stay very much engaged. You're engaged with your peers, and also, so you also have the opportunity to, to sometimes meet people who have similar interests, but also people who are experiencing the same thing that you are, that you may not be connected with. So I really, I do encourage students to, to get involved and to start small and then continue to build from there. Um, there is a fine balance. There are some students who take on a lot. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> uh, but that's a that's a huge lesson too, because you can you can flex in, flex out, and recognize what your threshold is. So these are all learning experiences, and that's what this time is about in your life. Um, to be able to experience some of those things. And, and we're here to, to help um, with those pieces as well. So if you did find that you were feeling overwhelmed by what was going on, you can reach out to an advisor and we can help you talk through what you're thinking about that. Sometimes, um, sometimes all your friends are the people who would be very disappointed if you have to take a step back from your role. So um, there is lots of support should you need it um, as a student. And again, it's not conventionally sort of what we do, um, but it is sort of an offshoot of what we talk about and uh, I encourage students to, to get involved. Yeah, I always tell people whenever they ask about that, like 
these years will fly by so quickly you won't even notice and the way to make the most of it is to get involved because you're not going to think back or I imagine you won't think back 20 years after the fact and go you know the days I really loved the most were when I was locked in my room doing my homework <laughs> no there'll be the days when you're like you know involved with your with your community when you were actually on campus and engaging with people so put yourself out there and who knows what will come but I promise and you, it'll be fun. <laughs> know your limit too, because like Khalid mentioned, you don't want to be someone that gets too involved in extracurriculums and sort of forgets your curriculum. You yeah. <laughs> focus on the extra part that the curriculum part is ignored and often <laughs> sadly left behind. And yeah. So I think that uh, for you know many students like that's what like that's what life is about is learning all those different things. You're not gonna know your limits sometimes. And sometimes when you push your limits, that's when you discover what your limits are. Uh, we all have those experiences. And, uh, and I think that that's perfectly normal and a natural thing to do in your time at university as well. And, and though we all wanna find success every day, success is measured differently. Like, and it should be measured by you personally of what you're looking to accomplish. Um, I, you know, one of the things that I often encounter with students is they're so concerned about their grades and unless you're going to, to onto grad school, um, I've never had an employer, my colleague, like my colleagues who've worked in the private sector have never had an employer ask to see your transcript. So, you know, what they want to see is that you have a degree and that you've moved forward. So, you know, I, I think you certainly want to do as well as you can but you can't beat yourself up about what's already happened. Um, and you just can move forward and recognize that depending on what your goal is, that, that may be what you need. What you've done is what you need and you can still be very successful. Oh, that's such a nice thought. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you say this as I think about potentially like if I'm ever gonna find a job. You will find a job. <laughs> You will find a job and they will be happy and lucky to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you bring yeah. so many different skills. And, I, and again, it's just, it's getting that your foot in the door and getting the opportunity to have that FaceTime. Man, See, I, I feel can't like resist this... advising. Yeah, I, like, I was going to say, I feel like this isn't a podcast. It's it just, it's an advising hour for me, like with Colleen and we just somehow here listening to conversation. I'm taking notes, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, don't be the next me. Be like you are, Joshua, you two have like, are so engaged like you're working with math ambassadors as we're doing right now you're also an ot member for the second year going and math talk and who knows like you and then you also have your own life outside of school outside of these extracurriculars like you just seem like a very busy like in a good way person like you, there's so much in your life that's going on it's uh I, I really enjoy it that's uh that's pretty much why and I'm really bad at saying no I think is how love this came to be it's just a lot of people will approach me because I'm involved with a bunch of different things and then they say oh can you also take on this project I'm like, yeah that sounds like a great time let's do it and then I just end up getting more and more um but honestly yeah it is sometimes challenging to keep it all balanced but I don't know, it kind of gives me energy is also the experience I get. Is it like, it makes me want to, to get up in the morning and be productive and do stuff. So I find that if I 
don't have something to work on, I end up wasting most of my time. So keeping busy is what keeps me sane. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I often try and convey that to students that, you know, it is different things get everybody up and going in the morning. So if this is what got you up and got you excited for school in the morning in high school, why aren't you doing it in university? Why are you mm -hmm. trying to reinvent the wheel and, and try and pretend that you're going to be someone different? You're still the same person and you still have many of the same interests. So you should continue that. So, uh, and uh, I, this reminds me that I also am working with the O team on Waterloo Ready uh, as well. <laughs> and they're a fantastic team of students to work with. So they're equally uh, as much of, so many of them are on MASOC as well. So I often think in, <laughs> Because I'm heading into MassOc meetings this weekend. It's always that's the what, same group of, of people. It's yes. always going to be Twitchway. Like Twitchway is everywhere you see. But, but that's but that's so great, and that's such a, a big part of you know we really tried to change what we were doing for onboarding students coming in um, uh, for this September and, and evolve it from last year. And we have to continue to question things. Um, as an office, the math undergrad office has to continue consulting with students, touching base with upper year students, and reevaluating and trying to improve, like constantly um, uh, uh, being on that continuous cycle of improvement. And I think MathSoc really helps hold us accountable. And it reminds me when I'm at the meetings how important that is, like touching base and making sure that we're constantly sort of in motion. Um, and I think that, that that accountability is so important for, for all of us. So another reason to get involved uh, to make sure that, you know, you, you continue that cycle. Yeah, exactly. That's a really great way of putting it. <laughs> We're coming up on time almost. So I think uh, we can go over to our miscellaneous lightning round sort of style questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> don't worry it's all low pressure <laughs> yeah it's low pressure just like to know more as Colleen as a person rather than like as an advisor or as a staff at the faculty so you already mentioned this like you you go and grab grab your carrot and salary sticks but you really want the donut in the CD. but let's say one day like one day one day you just disregard diet let's say your healthy options what would be the one thing or the things you would order you would buy from the cnd store Matt oh, i love so if it like so starting with my whole day my <laughs> my morning snack would definitely be a donut um probably a, a a dutchie which is like a real old school donut which is basically just like a honey dip with raisins in it for those of you who don't know, most people Ooh, raisins, it, but it reminds uh, me of my childhood. I love them. <laughs> and they only get like two wins. So you have to go early. For lunch, <laughs> I'd have a, a Gayuma, a Gayuma a curry bowl. The chicken curry bowls are so good. I love those. Uh, and for afternoon, I would have bought a chocolate chip cookie in the morning that I would have saved because they also mm. go very fast. So that would be my day. And probably maybe even, I do love chips too. So this would be a real indulgent day uh and and uh coke zero or um or a diet pepsi dave tompkins will be happy and <laughs> hey you've heard it you know it's fine to indulge yourself <laughs> it's been a long time um all right next sort of uh, question i want to ask very quickly is uh bringing everything full circle you went to university and you're an advisor now what would be the bit of advice you'd uh, tell yourself when you were back in first year <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, take your time. We're going to really have to cut out the pause here. Oh, <laughs> no, it, it, no, it's traumatic. So, leave so it many like, different the... things. Uh, uh, what would I tell myself back in first year? We can circle back around to that one. Yeah, if you want. <laughs> I think I would. It's so hard to say. I think I would. Uh, uh, I would say. Um, how would you oh, react? Would like, let's just say, how would you react if you would see yourself like when you first start at university? Yeah, I think it's so many of my comments would not be like great comments for this that I would want is my, uh, <laughs> I would, I would probably say, uh, you know, um, I was pretty involved. So I was fairly involved with a variety of different things. I was a varsity curler. I loved doing that. Um, so that's, that's a real fun fact for you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I think my biggest thing would be like to not be so much on the, I, I've always been a bit of, um, like, uh, it's time to go home. It's time to go to bed to let loose a bit more. I think that would be sort of my, my advice to myself in first year that like, not everything is going to unravel if you let loose a bit. Party harder. That's the advice. <laughs> <laughs> And well, hey, uh, I, if you we, curl, do you ever like uh, curl with the intramurals? Because I know they do some at the university. <laughs> so funny you should ask. So I mentioned this one day to Dan Wolchuk and he said, you know, we have a curling team. And I was, he's like, do you want to join? I'm like, I haven't curled in over 20 years. Now I'm really, <laughs> now I've like the cats out of the bag as to how long ago I went to university. But uh, he, he's like, well, you should come. And I was like, okay, well maybe I'll spare. Well, it turns out they needed a spare almost every week. I had so much fun. It was a lot of fun. So yes, I have, um, but I only did, and then the pandemic hit. So, um, but I did have a lot of fun curling with them. And I'm hoping that, uh, that I wasn't too bad that they'd pick me up again. I, I, I fell into this the same way that I fell into curling in university. I mentioned to someone that I had curled before and they said, we need curlers for the varsity team. And <laughs> that's how I ended up curling on the varsity team. And I was always like more of a, an entry level athlete, I guess, but it was lots of fun. You're a yes person too. I, I am. A, well, I am totally a yes person. So I have to say to we someone. Are all, we are a group of yeah. people pleasers. Yeah. Yes, people pleasers. Yes, people. Yes, and that would probably be my other advice for myself in first year is that you don't need to please everybody. <laughs> well, uh, Colleen, I also uh, curl sometimes uh, with the intramural league, so maybe I'll see you out on oh, the rink sometime. <laughs> awesome! That would be great. What position do you play? Oh, I like I joined because someone was like, "Oh, we need someone for our curling team," and that's how I ended up joining. So I don't really know uh, the game super well. I would use usually uh like is it it's wait so have you played the game before played the sport before you joined no or... that was my first time ever doing so you it you join as a newbie yeah exactly it, it was very relaxed though they were like just beginner level intramurals and everyone there was also kind of new except one person so they showed me the ropes they even had like a little training session at the beginning uh i was terrible but i think usually i would lead uh and then in our second season i ended up uh, putting the broom down and then telling people where to shoot <laughs> I'm not again so this is why I could never do that with like because it was a whole new game playing with mathematicians so like <laughs> there is a precision there that I just do not have in my life that I have total respect for but I I just like the angles and, and like it just blew my mind I was like this is a whole different game so which is which is pretty awesome <laughs> that's a uh, funny you should say that because it's a little bit different but uh whenever I would play cards with my friends they would always hate it 
because I could kind of like count and keep track of everything really well. So <laughs> they always hated that about me. <laughs> I think that's illegal, isn't it? Like to count cards? I don't think it's, it's very much <laughs> frowned upon to do it in like a casino, but we were just doing it together, so. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, you can't help it if you just like naturally like, oh, he played an ace, all the aces are out. Mm -hmm. It's like how, when me, when I play Mahjong, the, like the Chinese gambling game, and then just like looking, okay, all, all of those suites and that card number is out. So I, so I can't win with this hand. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys are, are, are funny. So I've only played Mahjong on online, wh which was very fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, what's the next thing we can ask? Oh, this, uh, go ahead, Ina, you do Oh, no, <laughs> like, just like, what, like, this is something we try to end our podcast on a, note well this is this has always been there like we've been in the end segment for a while now but like so despite not being a mathematician and nothing wrong with that like from oh, your year from your two, <laughs> two to three years in the math faculty and also like possibly from your statistic course in university back when you were in university what's a what's a math fact that you found really interesting or like your favorite math fact or something you never really knew until until sometime well this is a really basic math fact um and you're gonna laugh really hard but my uh because of my i have children too who are also in school my favorite math fact that i wish i'd learned probably in grade three when it would have been the most useful was that the less than greater than sign that it makes like an l when you have it for less than. So it's a really nice little trick. So that, yeah. yeah. So I never that, noticed that. <laughs> I know these are, this is what happens when you have, this is probably the most basic math uh, <laughs> hack that you've ever had on the podcast. But for me, that was like mind blowing. Um, and it's used all the time in written form in the faculty math. Like we mm -hmm. use the greater than, less than. Um, uh, I mean, it only sort of works with English, right? Yes. Yes. Sorry. That yes. Yeah. It, it is a. It is I. It is an English hack. Yeah. <laughs> so an it is English not really math a mathematical hack. But for <laughs> me, it would have been. A, it would have been a mind blowing, and for my kids, it was like that. Just clarifies everything and uh so anyways it's just a funny funny little that's the the top of my the lightning round response that you get i, I remember <laughs> at school it was just like the mouth because it's it's it, the less than or greatest equal greatest sign is has it's an opening right it's like an it's like a angle of a triangle so it's like the mouth is always eating the bigger value oh that's good too okay well yeah. i'll have to yeah I've heard that one uh, in grade six, I think, but the way the person explained it to me was they pictured it as like the mouth of a crocodile. Oh yeah, to... you just draw the, draw the end, yeah. like or draw a Pac-Man with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, they kept, they referred to like the, the number they would eat as their num-nums. That's what they would always call it. So they'd be like, the where the mouth is is where it eats its num-nums. And that's how I remember oh, which way awesome. it was. <laughs> that's good too. Well, uh, so, you know, I'm sure that there, this, this will not be of any value to anyone listening to this ha uh, podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but, hey. but it was of great value to me. So thanks guys. 
I mean, hey, if I, it's, it's valuable for one person, it is still <laughs> valuable, right? <laughs> That's a good way to see it. And who knows, maybe we'll have uh, like younger audience as well that are uh, <laughs> like people in grade three trying to remember how to do those. <laughs> <laughs> or someone who's teaching someone yeah. that yeah. you know like if you were tutoring on the side or something like that so you could take it away to, to you know simplify it we just only ask that you cite us please <laughs> 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 okay then i think that wraps up everything that we want to talk about so thank awesome. you so much colleen for agreeing to be part of this it was a pleasure having you on we, I hope oh. that we're not too cringy for you. Like, <laughs> no, this was so much fun. I was a, I was a little bit nervous coming in as to uh, what it might be like, and it was a lot of fun. And I can't wait to to connect with some students who might hear me on here and want to reach out. And uh, I welcome the opportunity to to meet with with anyone. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast. Thanks for asking and me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> And that'll wrap up our episode for today. So thank you for tuning in uh, and we will hopefully see you next time. That was fun. Just like, don't you say like, we learned, I, I never knew Colleen had a sociology degree, that's for one. I never knew she curled because uh, oh, I really yeah. would have loved to have played with her. I'm not very good. Maybe she could have taught me something about the game. <laughs> she talked a lot about advising and student experiences and confusions in university. Like I definitely, was quite confused like to be honest and for one I never thought math had so many different programs like you know how in high school you're just like oh yeah I'll, I'll do the math major in university coming well coming to university what will do there's no just one or the math major it's like what area of math do you want to study do you want some of this combinatorics do you want some of this computer science or would you like some of this statistics you know, something maybe a little more abstract, like pure math. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I think that a lot of people come in being good at math in high school and enjoying it, but it's really different in university and, and just something to be aware of, but it's something you can easily adjust to. There's a reason you loved math. There's a reason you came to Waterloo here, so we can make it work. And Colleen's one of the people that can help make it work. Yeah, if you if you find yourself in a little bit of a hole that you might have may or may not have dug for yourself, <laughs> not speaking through experience totally, um, academic advice is like really the place you should go to, and everything's confidential, so you don't have to worry about it spreading out through a rumor, and they're really respectful. They 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 provide. I know I learned from my own experience that many people like they they like their advice is something that they, they hope that you would take but it's it's coming from a place that they care and thinking about it as a whole picture obviously the more you tell them like relevant things you tell them the, the more um relevant advice they can give you and but yeah, that's like one of the biggest places I would recommend a student who is find themselves struggling or just confused would go to. And who doesn't want to spend time with Colleen? Wasn't she so lovely? <laughs> yeah, she, Colleen is definitely one of the like kindest person I've known and interacted with. And even if you couldn't meet with Colleen, there's other great advisors out there to provide support and advice. Yeah. 
So reach out to them. Their email is up there somewhere on the website. So like mathadvisors at uwaterloo.ca, something along those lines. And yeah, that's it for us today. We hope to see you next time then. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at mathinfo at uwaterloo.ca.